Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Scott Simmons. He's the poetry editor of the Dope Fiend Daily, and his newest book, The Editor's Manifesto, is available now on Amazon.com. Scott, are you with me? Yes, Michael, and you are sounding very beautiful tonight. It's lovely to well, be thank here. You. <laughs> thank you. It's always good to have that kind of affirmation. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what exactly? Let's begin this journey. What is poetry, Scott? Well, it's kind of a tough question. Like, to me, it's kind of tough in the sense, like, I never really started thinking this, like, oh, I'm going to be a great poet. No, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, I know a writer. I need to write, too. Then I got editing more, and um, I got involved with this stuff. So it's just like, well, hell, i got to learn how to do this eventually. And then it became more of an expression thing. It was like, oh, wow, I can actually say stuff that means things versus just like going like crazy within all that. So you said you can say stuff that means things. Tell me more about that. What are you talking about? Uh, Generally, my favorites are like either me being a total smartass, which is like very natural for me. Or occasionally okay. when I, like, actually looked at myself more as a person, I'm like, wow, Scott, like, you're a bit fucked up, but it's kind of interesting to, like, touch on this stuff. It's like, man, I'm a pain in the ass even to myself. Okay. <laughs> you just called yourself a pain in the ass. I am. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I guess it's important to know it, but I mean, uh, I guess I've never had a guest to do that before. I'm an editor, just like really natural. Like I try to actually wait longer, just so like you know, you get that bit of like hope or fear, like oh, did he accept my work? Did, I, did he? Right. Oh no, right. no. <laughs> we'll share a poem. Share a poem. That's what we'll do. We'll share yeah. a poem. I'll uh, read, let's see, I'll read, I'll start with this, it's called Fuck It, something I wrote recently, Fuck It, if you're afraid to hurt somebody, don't be, if you're afraid to be hurt, then don't be, because all writers are insufferable assholes, hence, I'm one too, instead just grab a beer and watch the chaos. Or do whatever the fuck you want. But think for yourself, dumbass. And very pleasant. Wow. That was short, quick, straight to the point. Now, do you think that a person could be a good editor and not be a poet? Um, That's very hard for me to say. Because I, I do think, uh, on a serious note, that writing actually has to be a better editor because okay. I can, like, empathize at times where I could be like, oh, hey, this has a point to it. Where if, like, I didn't write at all, I'd just like, oh, oh, this is okay. Let me just not think about this. Just put this up because this person, like, has a cool picture. I mean, it gives you a new perspective, in my opinion. So. Well, let's go back into your past for a second. What was an early experience where you felt that poetic language had power, where you learned that poetic language had power? Um, actually, it's like when I was uh, like around, uh, let's say, 14, 15, I, uh, I had like a, had an English teacher that was actually pretty cool. Like we talk about stuff like uh, the beat, like beat poets, stuff like that, uh, Kerouac, Kowski, read some of their books and thing and uh kept me really talking there. And I also got like uh my first little technically my first publication when I was about fifteen 
Mm. And that was when I had to uh, write an interview for this rapper called, like, I think Mansour Salstein or something like that. Oh, man, that was a pain in the ass. The guy just, like, rambled on for about, like, an hour and had, like, cut half of everything he said. So it felt very, very important to do that interview. But, like, I don't know. It was it was kind of – it was weird. But, uh, no, it, and after that, like, uh, I don't know. I kind of took a, a break from writing for uh, quite a bit because I didn't get real publication until I was, like, about uh, 19, I think. Okay. That's generally I got into it, though. So at the age of 19, you really got into writing? Uh, that's when it What's started. What uh, At that point, I just wanted to piss a lot of people off. I would write okay. extremely crazy things, and I would make them intentionally terrible. <laughs> I just got like, oh, wow, this this can, this stuff can be so ridiculous sometimes. Like, whenever, like, I'm reading some submissions, it's like, dude, like, okay, for one, you just said, like, you hated me, and now you're sending me submission to kiss my ass. Oh, wow, I take this very seriously. Be nuts. Why do you? <laughs> Why do you think that poetry is important, my friend? Whenever you you're like, okay, I think poetry actually is important, despite how much like I'll give it shit. Like because whenever you're really doing it and you're writing because you actually want to write whatever you're doing, that's what really matters. Because you need your own voice out there. I mean, it can't just be, uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, I want to get more likes because, like, I, I care about being popular. No, you should, like, the point of it is you need to give it, you need to actually care what you're saying. It always should be an art if you're doing it serious. As you think about your work, what are some of the predominant themes? Um... I'd say quite a bit of it is showing uh, hypocrisy at times. Uh, I'll also kind of touch on, you know, just different emotions. I'll try to pick on myself. I'll try to pick on uh, others. Sometimes I'll try to, uh, I don't know, I think I'll tr- I just try to be myself in different ways. And, like, I try to uh, show off different sides of things, too. Like, uh hmm. It's kind of like I don't know. It's hard to explore, quite explain that, but mm-hmm. it's really just me trying to be myself as much as possible, plus a little bit of bullshit well, people. Okay, when I read the book, I felt that you were world weary, that you had seen so much in a short period of time, and that you were tired in a sense. How do you feel about that? Oh, uh, it's not inaccurate. Like I've seen uh, a lot of lot of different lot of different stuff. Like even with uh, just the last few years, right? It's like mm-hmm. I've lost about uh, I've gained and lost four, like at least four friends during, during this stuff because of just silly drama, where like all the stuff goes to your head. Like just went to their head. Um, I had like a death threat, which I found hilarious. Okay. I've seen uh, people get like. Like I don't, like I've seen people like get pissed because like oh yeah everything in this is supposed to be lowercase I just didn't tell you or like oh let me not separate the title from my submission let me complain to you about this for like five minutes and then you'll tell you how great your publication is like on my Facebook wall and like uh, it it comes from like bad experience because like you have to deal with like a lot of people that can be like creative types just like really moody all that. And uh, some of it also just came from, like, uh, living around, like, like around older people and uh, events from my personal life, too. Right. Because you're a relatively young guy to be a poet editor extraordinaire. I mean, how did you fall into this line of work? Totally by accident. I just kind of thought, like, hey, you know, the Dauphine Daily sounds like a terrible name for a magazine. Oh, let me start it. And they're just kind of, fuck, well, I guess I'm doing this now. 
So you started the magazine itself. Yeah, I just kind of, like, did it on a whim. Because, like, I talked a little bit about it, but I really wasn't serious about it. Just like, let me just think of a bad name. This name is terrible. Let me run this terribly, and I will get the people whenever I feel like it. And then you had some missions start coming in. One oh, yeah. After uh, it really started stacking up for quite a while. Like, it took, I think, about uh, maybe a month or two weeks to start getting things trickling in. In the beginning, you kind of, like, accept you accept a lot of stuff you don't really want sometimes or just, like, oh, I need to get to get over but it's also about like picking like, oh hey, who's gonna like get the like who's gonna like draw attention? How can I make it seem cooler than it really is? All that. So it's also kind of fun. Like, uh, are you familiar with what I call like inside the crack house interviews? No, I'm not. No, tell me more. All right, very interesting questions from my guest. Uh, They're very just fucked up. It's like kind of just the weirdest things I can think about at the time. Like, okay. you know, how, like, how can you pass out, like, naked in your neighbor's lawn but still be classy about it? You know, very deep okay. questions. Yeah, yeah, that is a deep one. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, okay. I think I keep the humor and things like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you... <laughs> You make me smile, man. You've got uh, a good thanks. spirit. You make me smile. You make me smile. But again, I, I, no, I want to hear another poem. Then I'll get into another question. Let's hear another poem from your book. Because I want to hear all about the all book, right. the, the beginnings of it, why you felt like you needed to write it. I want to hear everything. All right. Here's, my, here's what I'm going to read. It's called, What a Great Poem. Before I was a writer, I used to think, oh, no, she's cheating on me. Two years later, my only reaction is, wait, can I watch? I'm going to write this down. The key lesson I learned from poetry is I have absolutely no self-respect. And How does a poem begin for you with an image, an idea, or a form? Um, it generally goes with the idea more. Cause like, I was like, oh, let me just... You know what? I I want to write about this like thing. Let me think about how to do it. Or it's just very random. It could be like, uh, oh, here here's some words that just pops in my head. Let me just write them down, I guess, and see if they're actually decent. Like I have done stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm taking a piss. Let me write. I really have done okay. that. <laughs> okay. Very sporadic. <laughs> Read another. Read another. All right. This one is called uh, Burn This. Your first book is always going to be shit. That's why I hate this one already. Maybe if you're lucky, it's the last one. But I also really enjoy irritating people, so I highly doubt it. And Now, do you think that your first book is shit? Uh, This one I do. Tell me, like, tell me about no. Oh, it's not that I really think it's, like, totally bad. It's just, like, you get that, like, part of you that's like, you know what, I could have done this better. You know, maybe I could have, like, taken out this word or, like, fucking, you know, actually wrote it better the first time. Because you just get that little mm-hmm. party that's, like, once you nitpick it, you always want to keep getting better. Because, like, yeah, you know, so, I don't know, I think that's really it. I'm just very much perfectionist. Okay. All right. I can understand that. You know, you talked about Kerouac and some others. Who are some of your other influences? Uh, when because all great writers have great writing influences. Who are some of yours? Uh, when I was a teenager, like, uh, I also did, like, Hunter S. Thompson quite a bit. Cause I really like that way you could just get that character in there and you just have fun with it and go nuts. Um, I did like, uh, I don't 
really have like all his works and stuff that I, I really liked uh, Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut. I really like his kind of weird sense of humor. But in a more mm-hmm. uh, modern sense, I'd go with probably just my friend uh, John Patrick Robbins. That he's really, uh, I don't know, we've really worked with each other a lot over the past few years. And I kind of learned, oh, wow, like, you know, I can learn, I, I can actually learn some shit when I'm editing his stuff. Maybe I can, mm-hmm. like, fucking rip this off slightly better and make it something different. You know, John Patrick Robbins is one of my favorite people. One of the favorite guests of the program, so he's a good man. Oh, he is, but he, I will say one, like, man, it's kind of weird because, like, any time you work on a book, you get to a certain point where it's like, fuck, man, why am I still working on this shit? You're, like, mm-hmm. fucking, like, want to bitch about everything. You're like, damn it, man, like, you fucking swearing at each other and all that. Very, a lot of fun, man. <laughs> it all turns out well, though. You know, when you think about a poem, let's say that we look at a poem like it's potentially a cake, a cake that's being made, and we have ingredients. What do you view as some of the most important or prevalent ingredients that go into the concoction we call a poem? Um, Sometimes, like, I'll let it fester in my head for a little bit. And other times, it's just like, oh, like, I'll get just flashes where I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this seems, like, really interesting or like I feel like I could really say something here because I really like to observe things when I write like uh, whenever I, I rip on like writers and stuff like that it's like ridiculous mm-hmm. shit I've seen it's like uh, there's a lot of ridiculous shit you see and I do mean a lot like uh, let's see I had somebody ask like send me a manuscript when I have never published that I po- like that I will actually work on manuscripts. I had uh, somebody send me a country music video they did. I had uh, like a chain email from someone that was like that like blocked me. Just silly sometimes. Do you like being an editor? Uh, yes and no. I mean, like, okay. okay, I do enjoy, I do enjoy, like, being, like, having an excuse to be like, oh, hey, you're, like, oh, hey, like, fuck you, man, or like, oh, I like this shit. Or it's like, cause if it's like, if, I don't know, it's like, I like to mess with people. I just do. It kind of gives mm-hmm. me, like, a, a chance to be like, uh, uh, not really a rush. I just find it funny at times. Because you really will see what people are like. Sometimes it's how you mess with them. But I also, uh, on a positive note, like whenever like there are actually good writers, I mm-hmm. actually do like to encourage them, despite how I generally feel about most people. Okay. Like. Okay. There's always a you know I had the opportunity stuff. to to do some 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 reading about being a poetry editor and what that looks like, and it made the following statements that a poetry editor refines artistic voice, message, and structure in order to make your poetry as effective as possible. They'll consult with you on word choice, line and stanza length, mood tone, clarity of message, and more to ensure your poems achieve what you want them to achieve. Is that your goal? Um, actually, it is. Like, I'm not really the same way with, uh, say, like, the Doping Daily. Like, I've kind of relaxed with that. But when it okay. comes to, like, uh, projects, right, like, uh, whenever it helps out, like, the Whiskey City Press, mm-hmm. I'm very determined to get actually get a good book. Like, I will give myself fucking headaches for being like, oh, let me just stare at the screen all day and think, oh, it's just, does it look better this way or this way? I will move a line to see, like, Oh no! Does this page fit right? Does it fit right? And like I drive myself nuts over it, but I really always believe in trying to get the best book out of somebody. You, there's really an art to it. And what what do you think that art is? What what would let's say that I came to you with my my book, my manuscript, and I'm like, hey, 
this is my blood, sweat, and tears here. What would you tell me to do first? Well, at first, I would look at the project overall. I would think, okay, like, what do you want to do here? How can I see it? Once I get that image, like, then I'll try to really know you. Because I want to try to incorporate you in that book in the best way possible. I'll, like, read through it, and I'll think, okay, is this part necessary? Do we need something more here? Do we, uh, like, what really gets what you want? Because, like, I... Because there's always, like, a point when you're, like, I had this when I was writing my book, where it was, like, uh, mm-hmm. you get these minutes where you're, you're, like, think, oh, this works, this doesn't work, and you're, like, you know, you'll include stuff you shouldn't. And, like, it can take you a while to really just be, like, okay, no, that really didn't work. You're just being objective, really, and uh, just not putting yourself into it either. I'd never try to make it like, oh, yeah, this is like a book that I indirectly wrote. I mean, wow, that's so great when I already have a book I did. But isn't that difficult, though, to to keep yourself out of it? Um, Because one of the things – well, let me say this real quick. mm -hmm. One of the things that I found online, and again, like I said, again, I did a lot of research to prepare for this interview with you. He says, speaking of collaborations when you're working with another artist, with, a, with an artist, you are a poet yourself, and you are editing other poets' work. How much of your own preferences or ideas come through in the work of other people? How do you refrain um, from it becoming your project? It, it just always goes to I get vision, because once I get the vision for something, I can stay very true to okay. it even though if there's, like, things I personally don't, like, dig as much in it. Like, uh, I don't know, it's like somebody gave me some, like, free verse or something. Like, I really don't like free verse very much. But, like, it's, they did, and I just think, oh, you know what? This really connects to whatever you're trying to tell me. I can go with it. It's like, uh, it's like music, you know? Like, just because, like, you might not love every, every song on album, you got to, like, vibe mm-hmm. with it, you know? It's just a constant jam, kind of. Okay. Well, look, let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back. back. I'm here with Scott Simmons. The calling number is 646-787-1631. That is correct. Uh, Scott, please share another poem. All right. I'll read, uh, I'll read a new one. It's called, This is What You Wanted. Fuck the living and the dead. Fuck God and the devil. Fuck our universe for existing. Fuck myself. Fuck you, too. We're all shit, so just deal with it. And I was very happy when I wrote that, as you can tell. Okay. How important <laughs> is accessibility <laughs> in your writing? Sensibility? Accessibility. Hmm. Oh, accessibility. Oh, it's quite important, like... I mean, like, oh, yes, I'm going to, like, use all of these long words that, like, nobody will get. I'm going to, like, throw some colors in this shit, you know, like, maybe I'll draw, like, someone crayon. It'll be just beautiful and sexy, but, like, no. It's like, if once you get too much stuff into it, it's just not going to work out. I always try to talk to my readers, and, like, I try to make my point very clear. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it gets, like, to the point where they wonder, why am I writing this? Like, what was the remote point to begin with? Depending how I look at it. Okay. 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 Now, they say that to see the world with complete honesty, one should look to comedians, artists, and poets. What do you think emerges naturally from your work? 
Um, I would say, like, I naturally go more for the comedy side because, like, I'm just a very uh, cynical person at times. All right. So I generally get the harshness a little easier than, like, I will, like, oh, this is very heartfelt. I mean, that connects, you know, like, that just connects, like, for me, like, a little west because, like, I'm not the most, like, warm person. I'm not, like, going to walk up to strangers and be like, hi, can I hug you and shake your hand? Anything else, look at him and be like, get the hell away from me, man. But, um, uh, I think, yeah, like, generally just humor is probably my stronger suit. But I, I always dabble with other things, too. Uh, as long as it's, like, cause I, I, there are serious rights that I do that uh, I like. Like, there's one in the book that was very uh, serious that I actually did. It's part of me. That's the only thing I try to okay. convey. As long as it's honest, it's like read, ultimate matters to me. Okay. Well, would you read Why I Like Speed? Sure, Michael. Let's get the book here and uh, with my fingers. It's very nice. Okay. Here's the poem Why I Like Speed. I don't know if I'm coming or going, cutting my head off. There are about 20 different projects I need to work on. At least 14 different people that I need to talk to you today. Over 100 good habits I need to start. Thousands of words that I still need to write. At least a million random thoughts distracting me. And that's how I see you in your workday. That could be true. Like I'm very doesn't help that I'm like very easily distracted. Like, and I do mean barely, very easily. Because, like, I can get, like, focused on something, like, really, really, like, in-depth. And, like, fucking somebody will be like, oh, yeah, I'm chewing gum loudly. Oh, I'm going to really notice this. Like, it'll be like, oh, yeah, keep chewing that gum. And I'll just think about other things. Or I'll be like, oh, oh, shit, I need to do this thing. Or, or this and this and this all at the same time. Like, I can be very, uh, I can be very kind of weird at times. You know, some poets are also active in other creative areas. What's something? Where do you go away from poetry to to rejuvenate yourself? Um. Well, I do enjoy like visual art quite a bit. Um, I will like mess around with like uh, editing photographs, uh, drawing. I enjoy things like that. Um, and of course, like sometimes like like sometimes texting. Like obviously, I like to shoot shit. It's very mellow. But, uh, okay. <laughs> what have you shot lately? Um, and I was like, just, uh, just a few revolvers, but you know, like, it's, well, of course, revolvers, man. I'm texting, like, I got an oil well in my backyard. You know, I ride mm-hmm. a horse everywhere. And, like, yeah, you know, I a mean, horse gets a lot, by the way. Yeah, totally. Oh, wow. No, no, no. I can't ride a horse. You know, I can barely walk up the stairs. You should not do that to the host. <laughs> you should never do that to the host. <laughs> the host trying to make conversation, and you tell oh. him something like that, oh, yeah. he'll go crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'll tell you something fun about me, Michael. You know, I can't even ride a bicycle. I shit you not. Really? <laughs> yeah, I can't ride a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably don't need to ride a bicycle out on the range. You know what I'm saying? Oh, of course. <laughs> Read another poem, Scott. <laughs> Read All right. <laughs> okay, this is one called uh, Not Everyone is Special. If your idea of being original involves total bullshit, you're dressing up in a bunny suit, then either don't write or at least learn to copy better. But whatever you do, avoid, and avoid hailing the fumes too deeply, for you may just become a poet. And I don't know how to fix brain damage. There you go. And I messed up a little bit. 
Um, I wrote that because, like, I realized that we have this weird part of ourselves. He's like, uh, again, I got very jaded. Like, I I got very jaded very early on, but then I also mm-hmm. realized that there is that little part of you that still hopes to stop for something. And, like, yes. it can be whatever you want. It can be like, oh, yeah, you know, like I hope to get a dog that shits on my floor, or like that I want to like have a better life. But like, there's always something you, you want. Because I realize you have that. You always have that confliction there. Like, you get that part of you that's like, this is pointless. But there's something in you that wants you to keep going on, really. You always find something to do that with. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very profound. You're right. Sometimes it's like, I don't give a shit. Then other times it's like, hey, I do give a shit. Yeah, I understand. Oh, yeah. I understand. Read another. Okay. Me. Okay. Okay, the genesis of economics. Why do we use gold? Why do we use gold as currency? It's scarce, a stable source of value, and portable, but also because we found it and thought, holy fuck, this rock looks shiny. Dude, let's like totally base our society around this. Even though we've upgraded our technology, humans are still just overrated monkeys at heart. But hey, at least our stupidity is more convenient now. Your poems, and as I flipped through the book, as actually as I read through the book and read each title, the titles are amazingly detailed in my mind. What role should a title play for a poem? Um, really, it should like get you kind of the vibe of it, or it should, throw, or it should really throw you off. Ultimately, to grab your attention, like it can, like I can write something, like it just gives it like a totally bizarre title, but it will get you notice it and really remember it. I think that's kind of the point of it, from my perspective. So, what role should the title play? So, let's say you're a beginning poet. How important should titling mm-hmm. your poem be? How important should that be? Um, I think it's very, like, important. Cause, like, okay, it's like, I'm bad about it in the sense, like, I'll just start randomly writing something. And I don't always title it. I was right, like I'm like weird and like fuck it, like nuts. Like I have all these like notebooks, like these little notes and stuff that's have scrawled everywhere. Like I'll end up finding, but um, yeah, title is very important because like otherwise it's just not going to pop very well. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. You're, it's much more easy to forget. Oh, sorry. Well, no, I was just gonna. I just want you to share another title poem. Okay, well, I have, I've found something that is very, very profound. I'll read it. All right. It's called, All Babies Are Ugly Except Mine. <laughs> My cat is okay, the cutest be one. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay, let me, let me take a deep breath here. Yes. <sighs> yeah, let me focus, too. Okay. okay. All right, I'm ready. All right. My cat is the cutest one in the whole world. And any music I listen to, the, any music I don't listen to sucks. If you disagree with me, then you're a sexist pig or or whatever other insult that I make up. Because according to myself, I'm never wrong. And my shit smells like scented candles. You could take this writing as seriously as seriously as I take myself. But my participation, my participation trophies sure are shiny. I'm just saying. Wink. Wow, I, I really prepared deeply for that end. <laughs> you did. I can tell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because you are the one and only Scott Simmons. You know that, right? Yeah, dude. Like, I talk to myself. I'm like, Scott, like, can you at least, like, sit in the toilet this time or, like, not? I think not. <laughs> Years. You were Buddhist 
six months. I paid him for around two, three months. And I paid him for a week. My tips to use your wife is learn, learn how to make up tips quickly. It's the only thing that keeps the same. Share that one one more time. It was muffled. Okay, I'll do this again, Michael. I don't know if I could ever compare it to my original performance, but I'll try. Okay, I know, world, I know, I know. The world's fastest concert. For 13 years, I was Protestant. Then for one year, I was Catholic. After that, I was Jewish for two years. Then a Buddhist for six months. A pagan for around two to three months. And a Satanist for one week. My tip for getting through life is learn how to make shit up quickly. It's the only thing that keeps you sane. And <laughs> I like that poem because do you know we have something in common? I was hmm. Buddhist for six months too. I was Buddhist for six months too, man. Oh man, like no, like that's crazy. Yeah. Like okay, like so, what got you into it? What got you like out of it? Well, the reason that I wanted to try Buddhism, I wanted to understand the nature of suffering. And um, I, well, to be quite honest with you, I had suffered a heart attack. And I wanted mm-hmm. to understand, wh- and had had quadruple bypass surgery, and I wanted to understand why people suffered. And I was looking at Christian Buddhism, Christianity. I looked at all of them because I just wanted to find out what does it mean to suffer. But I came to the conclusion that, well, what really happened, (laughs) the reason I I let it go, is that I shared with a friend of mine that I was thinking about Buddhism. And she said, well, don't call on me when Jesus calls you. And I said, well... Maybe I need to leave Buddhism alone because I do want to see Jesus. So that's how I got out of it. You know how I got it was, out of it? It was, it, it was funnier than that. You, you had to be there. You had to be there. You had no, to be there. No, no, I get it. I, you know, I think what got me out of it was the fact that I realized, like, wow, this is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Yeah, but I did come to the realization, though, on a serious note, that in terms of suffering, that if you can understand that suffering is going to be part of your existence in some way, shape, or form, and you can accept that, you'll be at peace. There's going to be some level of suffering that we experience. And for me, that was enough for maybe that was all I needed in terms of Buddhism, was just to get to that realization that there's going to be some suffering if I can accept it, and understand that there's going to be some level of suffering, I'll be okay. Well, it's good, like, always, yeah, it's a very good thing to take away from it. Like, is it always something you can learn from things? Oh, uh, yeah, very much so, very much so, very much so. See, I'm Southern Baptist, so I had to give up 45, 50 years of of Baptist belief to move into Buddhism, and that was hard for me to to do. But enough about that. Enough about that. Let's get back on your poetry. Read another poem. All right. It's called Don't Worry, I Hate You Too. My problem. <laughs> okay. Try to read a little louder. Okay. My problems are a lot like gunshot wounds because statistically they are mostly self inflicted or started by a bunch of greedy assholes. Damn, my sheltered life is a real bitch, isn't it? And let's take a brief break. Right. We'll be right back.
back. I'm here with Scott Simmons, the one and only Scott Simmons, probably my most interesting guest of all time. Man, that is like really exaggerating my importance. Yeah, I don't think I'm that interesting. Oh, oh well, yeah, after Michael, our conversation like, about Buddha and Jesus, I figured I had to pull a rabbit out of a hat, you know? So, uh, <laughs> back to the editor's manifesto. <laughs> if you had to convince a friend or colleague to read your book, man, what would you tell them? Um, I would tell them, okay, like, generally I'd say, like, hey, man, like, look, I promise you that this book will make you feel better about yourself by comparison. Um, you know, like, you can read it and think, holy shit, this guy can't even, like, read, let alone, like, write. Like, man. Um, I'd also, like, tell him, oh, yeah, you know, there's, like, some personal, like, some very personal stuff in there that, like, you can just, you know, use on me later, I'm just saying. You're very masochistic. (laughs) No, you're, you're very bright. Very, very bright. Like I said, again, I enjoyed reading the book. I learned a lot about myself. And I think I learned some things about you as well. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. What do you think, Scott? We've got a question. There's a caller. There's a caller. We've got a caller, Scott. Let's bring this person on. All right. Good evening. Area code 757. First three numbers are 376. You're on the air with Scott. Hello, this is Ron Murphy. Hello. International voiceover of Man to the Stars and Scott Simmons, number one best friend. Ron, you're like, Ron, you're not my best friend. You stole my... I really love that ensemble. I'm wearing a blue uh, cocktail dress made by Versace, and I stole it. And currently in in this Shady Pines mental facility, Okay, like I'm not I'm not surprised you stole the dress, but like dude, just like at least bring my wallet back, man. Like you don't really need any more crack, like you have enough, dude. You're starting to make it now. Fuck. Remember, you can take out Rock Murphy if you would like to support my addiction. I want to say, Michael, you do a fine show. You're much better than John Stossel, that dirty bastard, who's been holding me down. Because we know what he is. He's clearly a liberal, and I know it. Ron, I, want you both to know, I, I take it you two guys know each other, I guess. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I know everybody. Because I am everywhere. I am like Odin, the mighty god in Valhalla. <laughs> I'm not currently on land, and I am currently on state. Well, do you have a question for Scott? <laughs> I do have a question. Scott, do okay. you ever like to recreate almost the feeling of going back into the womb? So is that why you you wake up every morning when you pass out in a dumpster? Um, that's kind of fucked up. That was a good question. Like, <laughs> uh, like no, like, you know. I, I was joking. I was joking. Oh. I have a I have a serious question. How does one purchase your book? That I yes, that's may or may not have stolen from the house. Oh, if you want to purchase my book, you uh, you yes. go to Amazon. But uh, I, I have a question for you, Ron. Okay. What? Like, my question for you is, why are you take a shit on my pillow again? Oh my God! Well, I did. I that that you are teasing me. That was probably John Stossel. I know what he does. He's an Indian and must be sexy. This is Ron Murphy. No, welcome. But before I cut you off, uh, <laughs> yep. do you have another yep. question for yep. Scott? Do I have a question, Roy? Another question. You have another question before I cut oh, you I off. Oh, I do. I do. What color underwear are you currently wearing? <laughs> Let me check. Um, actually, it's white. I think. Yeah. Good man. No, good man. Good, I like John Stockton. Who likes the crotchless pants? I heard. It. I know Geraldo. He has a mustache. He looks beautiful. You can always trust a man with a mustache. My writing is great, and is, is, I have stolen it from many people, and I put my name on it, so therefore it's mine. I wrote my new poem, The Raven, today. It's beautiful. 
Yeah. Well, thank, yeah. thank, thank you so much for calling. You, you're quite welcome. You have a good All right. <laughs> You too. Uh, I'll see you later, I guess, Ron. Okay. Nothing like having good friends, you know? Oh, yeah. Man, I'm just saying, dude, like, never give him your credit card number, man. Like, Ron Murphy will use it. <laughs> what? Uh... Here's a serious question for you. There's so much happening in the world. We're coming out of a pandemic. We might even be going back into a pandemic. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Another part of it. What do you view as being the role of a poet in modern day society? Um, it's generally just well, it should always be like you should entertain. Like ultimately, it's like you need to find ways to make people laugh or just like see the like just kind of see stuff where it really is. Not being all like stuffy about it, but just really make it fun and just make people happy. It's really it. It's like it's depressing as shit as it is. It's like not getting yes, much is. better. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's true. Share another poem. We've got time for like maybe right. three more. All right. I'll read you uh let's see. Pick one here. Here's an editor. I rejected an aspiring poet today. Now there's a bad feeling in my stomach. Maybe he was wrong to crush their dreams. Oh, wait, I burped, and now it's gone. I'm so very remorseful about it. Time for the next one. End. Read book review. Oh, okay. Can we get to that? See, I read your book, Scott. I read your book. I just want you to know I read it. I'm very sorry for you, Michael. <laughs> All right, man. I'll, I'll read book review. I got it pulled up. Okay. A book review by Scott Simmons. Although I found this book subpar in almost every single way imaginable, unfortunately, I have to write this review positively. So honestly, the best compliment I can give this book is it's made out of recycled. The paper is made out of recyclable, so theoretically it can eventually become something actually worth reading. So here's the rest of my bullshit spiel. Um, The editor's manifesto has changed my perception on writing. Uh, Some critics have described it as being a hybrid between Cat in the Hat, The Odyssey, uh, and The Room. This book has personally helped helped to inspire me to uh, quit my method my method addiction that I started once again working on it. Uh, the words are organic, vibrant, and fresh, like our sponsor, Generic Air Freshener. It is also mostly acceptable grammar, although there are some parts that could use some refinement. This handsome young writer and editorial superstar still still has a clearly bright future. Ahead uh, of him in literature, I recommend this book to anyone looking to hear a fresh, a uh, a hip and fresh take on the world from a reclusive twenty twenty three year old. However, I also recommend it to you. Yes, you right there. You already have it. A second copy can help you support your coffee table, or it can even be thrown as projectile at your neighbors. And man, that was like the biggest load of bullshit in the whole book. I wouldn't buy it. Here's something else I heard read as some advice to as an, that an editor should give to their to their to the people who submit their work. One, just be your own worst critic. A poem is only as good as you want it to be. Three, edit constantly. Four, be constantly, const, be constantly, constantly asking what is the line, what is that line that we're doing, and five, have you finished? Does any of that make sense? That is like too many steps for me to follow because I can only count to three. 
<laughs> what about be your own word? Nah, critic? I, uh, no, you always are, though. Yeah, that's true, my friend. Who? Very last thing, and I'll let you go for tonight. One more poem, though. Who is Scott Simmons? Um, and if I encountered your work, what should I what should I look for? Uh, self-deprecational humor. Uh, I would say a little bit of heart. Can I do have some? Yeah, you do. Uh, you do. A little bit of uh, pretty much some, sometimes like awkward rambling when I feel like it. Mhm. And a bit of everything, really. Like I can. Okay. I'll generally go with whatever like I'm focused on. That's a very in-depth answer, but no, Scott Simmons. Well, I don't like talking about stuff in third person. So let me rephrase that. It's like, no, I'm just like, I don't know. I just go with it, really. There's no deep, like, everything in there might be. No, it's mm-hmm. just me being honest. And you know what, Scott? That's what comes across tonight, your honesty. That really comes across, my friend. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you, man. No, nah, I've had a lot of fun, Michael. I really have. Like, well, this is like a I lot more. You, oh, well, I was going to say, I think for someone to be only 23 years old, you're almost extraordinary. I, wouldn't go to I that did say almost. <laughs> I don't want your... Well, I wanted to go to you. Good, good. <laughs> That's good. I'm very proud of you, young man. <laughs> You've accomplished so much. I mean, you started your own zine. You've got your book. You've got your life. And you're living. And like those are all, well, those are all cool except for the last one. Like my life's kind of like it. It's kind of right. All right, I guess. Yeah. No, no, so it's right. just like, no, it's not like exciting. It's not like I'm like go that and like, oh yeah, it's like I'm gonna go to like a new continent. I'm going to like get naked in the streets all the time. <laughs> well, if you do get naked in the street, do it while you're riding a bicycle. You know what I'm saying? No, oh, I will. <laughs> yeah. Well, leave us, leave us with the poem, my friend. Your all final. Right. I'm actually. <laughs> all right, like, oh yeah, I'll read one. Uh, I'll read you the. Oh, all right, this was actually go like a serious one, just like what started the book. Okay, but it's a uh, black moth. All right, black moth. Sometimes I act like, sometimes I act like I hate you, but I never can. I just hated the things you made me see, and how fast you had to leave me. But no matter all the terrible things I've said or the disappointment I've been as a son, I still want to say, I love you, Mom. And That's oh, beautiful. I, I like that touched me when I read that in the book. You're a good man, Scott Simmons, and I want to thank you for being with me tonight. I wish you nothing but the best, and I'd like you to come back again, man, and share some more of your work. I've, I appreciate it, Michael. And, uh, yeah, I hope you have a good night. And You know, I'll be open to, like, coming on the show. Again, if you want me, of course. Like, shit, I wouldn't. All right. Say, like, all right, man. Oh, well, great, great. All right, well, have a nice one. And to our listening audience, this was a strange one tonight, a strange one, but a good one. So, to all of you, take care and have a great week. All right. Good night, everybody. You have just listened to the Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio Podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode.